You'll remember after the federal election, uh, the Conservative Party um, came up with a plan. They were going to do a review of what went wrong. What went wrong for the Conservatives in the last election? And um, the person charged with coming up with that report was um, former Edmonton MP James Cumming. Well, he's completed his report, presented it to caucus, and uh, has agreed to join us today and let us know what uh, what the findings were. So let's get to that. James, thanks so much for your time today. appreciate you joining us. Hey, it's good to hear from you, Shay. A pleasure to be on your show again. Yeah, it's always great chat. Um, so this report, you were sort of given the task of going through the campaign and everything else and finding out what went wrong for the Conservatives. Um, is there one thing overriding? Is there one thing that stands out as you can say, okay, this is the reason things didn't go as well as we'd hoped? Well, uh, I don't think there's one thing, Shay, and uh, it was a pretty comprehensive report, and yeah. there's, and we looked at um, what went wrong, but we also looked at what went right. So there's a, when you do these uh, analysis, you have, and always with continuous improvement, you, you tend to look at what went wrong because that's where you want to make the most improvement, but you should also look at the things that went right, and so there's a there's no one silver bullet here that uh, I would say uh, in the report because we looked at both the party structure, campaign structure, uh, the back end of campaigns, looked at the leaders' performance, uh, looked at the performance of caucus, and all those collectives together are are what make really strong cam- campaigns work or or not work, and and so we looked at it in a, a much broader cross section. Um, of people involved with the campaign. Yeah, I, I was wondering, I mean, it turned around pretty quickly. Relatively speaking, a lot of these kind of reports you sometimes expect months and years, but uh, much quicker than that. But how did you go about sort of examining the question that you were asked to answer? I mean, how did you go about getting the info? Well, what we did was we reached out to all the campaigns, uh, campaign managers, candidates, uh, caucus members, uh, and interested parties throughout Canada. So we interviewed over 400 or interviewed or had submissions of over 400 people that all participated in the review. And what we, when we took that data, we looked at that, compared it with actually what the data says, and then tried to look for trend lines and, and uh, trends that were common to the groups that were participating. So we, we, we did our very best to try and look at, you know, what, what did the, the group think collectively rather than, you know, there'll be, There'll be, as always in these things, you'll get some people feel strongly one way and strongly another way. And when you tried to see what was sort of the consensus opinion. Um, Going through some of the things that have been um, reported by other outlets and, uh, you know, you would have to speculate are certainly topics that you looked at. Um, We know Aaron O'Toole's leadership has been kicked around and there's some people within the party that say that was the big problem and others say, no, it wasn't. Um, What did you find when you took a look at um, Aaron O'Toole's leadership? Well, I, I think Aaron has spoken about where, uh, to the report, the report was handed to caucus and to National Council in confidence. Uh, but I can speak about uh, some of the things that he's spoken about since it's been delivered. And there was a concern that with the campaign, it saw a nice surge towards the first couple weeks of the campaign and was doing fairly well. Yeah. And then ran into a bunch of wedge issues. And then from specifically to the leader's performance, there was a feeling that people had finally started to get to know him. But then towards the tail end, uh, he didn't seem to be himself. And, and the term that's being used in the, in the media and the leaders used is overcoached. Um, campaigns are tough. They're, you know, they're, they're grinding it out. And, and I can't speak for anybody else other than myself. But when you get to the tail end of the campaign, you're, 
you're pretty exhausted. And uh, uh, that was a concern that he didn't seem to be uh, speaking as as he did in the first half of the campaign. Um, what about the way he conducted the campaign? I know he he put this on his shoulders, a lot of this thing. You know, if things went wrong, it's because of me. What about the fact that, I mean, the, the Conservatives, and it wasn't, I'm sure, his decision all in all, uh, or entirely, um, to conduct largely a virtual campaign. He did a lot of work from that studio that he had built. Was that a, de- a detriment? Well, he did do some tour, and he did uh, use utilize the studio, and I, I would tell you that people were concerned that there wasn't enough um, uh, outreach through tour yeah. rather than than in the studio. I had one person uh, uh, comment. In fact, my the fellow that helped me with the review in Quebec, uh, Christian Parody, said, um, I, I think it's one of the great lines is that if you build an in-ground pool, sometimes you don't go to the cottage. <laughs> right. And <laughs> And to me, it's a great analogy of that. Um, but I think they built the studio knowing that COVID pandemic, would it, would you be able to travel or would you be, or, uh, you know, where could you travel? Uh, but once uh, it opened up in many of the provinces, certainly you should take advantage of that and see as many people as you possibly can on the tour. Um, did you talk at all about or look at all um, at what happened in the West, what happened on the prairies anyway? Because uh, typically, the, you know, that, that's the stronghold. That's the bedrock for the Conservative Party. And you saw some erosion there uh, in the last election. And uh, was there any discussion as to, as to what happened with, you know, our typical bedrock base of support and why they may have left uh, in, in some degree anyway? Yeah, we looked at the data, and particularly for the Conservatives in, in Western Canada, they saw a decrease in popular vote and saw a slight gain in popular vote in Eastern Canada. Uh, and there's a combination of factors with that. There was the growth of the PPC party. Uh, there was the growth of the, particularly in Alberta, there was the growth of the NDP party. If you look at specifically the Edmonton Centre, you'll see that Edmonton Centre had a significant increase in NDP vote. Um, and a small increase in PPC vote and an erosion of uh, the Conservative vote. So there's a variety of factors in there. Uh, in the midst of the pandemic, uh, what, um, and this is not specific to the report, but I can tell you what I heard at the tour, is that people were upset with the pandemic, with how governments had handled it. You know, it's interesting, and I listened to your show, Shay, that were, you know, the the public is upset. Like, they're... You know, you've got extremes on one side and extremes on yep, the other side. And, and I would tell you, you've got, I'm sure your show is like this. You've got a lot of angry people. Very. And and I think what they're looking for is some adults in the room, in the room to turn off, turn down the rhetoric. And they're looking for responsible decisions from government. They're just looking for good, practical uh, decisions. And they want some common sense coming back into the equation instead of torquing everything in every direction. And we see a lot of torquing right now. You'll see that in Ottawa with the truckers uh, and just the, the environment right now is just so torqued up. Yeah. Uh, and it's unfortunate because what it does, it divides us rather than brings us together. And there's lots of things we agree on. You and I could probably spend an hour talking about things we agree on, but we could also disagree on some things and that's, that's democracy, but we should really take the, you know, take the rhetoric down a bit, and I think that's what people are looking for. James, I, I couldn't agree with you more, and I, I talk about that a lot. You know, we, we, we give so much 
time, energy, and space to the fringes. And, and as you say, this is on either side. You've got people that are angry all over the place, right? All the way, it's almost like a circle. It doesn't matter where you are on the spectrum. Somebody is angry. Um, but the majority of us live in the middle um, where we're, we're not as, you know, as partisan and tribal as some of the people that grab all the attention. But, but the issue, though, and I think this is something that I wanted to ask you about, is taking a look at, you know, you mentioned the PPC. They will gravitate to that. They will, they recognize that that is motivated and energetic support, and they will siphon it up. Um, there are some conservative MPs who do. So, I mean, that pull, that pull to that, that force within Canadian politics right now, it, it's strong, James. How does the conservative party need to navigate that going into the next election, which could be as little as a year and a half or two years away? Well, Shay, in in reviewing this and hearing from so many people across Canada, I would I would tell you this that there are thousands upon thousands of voters that don't affiliate with any specific party. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of people out there who just want good public policy uh that demonstrates what are you going to do? How will it affect me? How will it improve my life? How will I get back to normal? How will I be able to put food on the table? That's the sort of things that they're looking for. And they don't run around buying a membership to the Liberal Party or to the Conservative Party or to NDP. They're just, you know, hardworking people. They're worried about what the future looks like. And that's where I think the Conservative Party uh, can focus on is what does the future look like and, and how will you put forward policies that, have, that impact my life uh, and uh, make it better for future generations. And I think that's what the compelling case that people want. Um, I look at, you know, I've got, when I ran, I had, you know, lots of supporters and a lot of people who would give me money and their time, but they weren't necessarily members of, of the Conservative Party, but they would believe in, in probably in me yep. and, and, and what, what, what I was telling them that I was going to do for them. And I, and I think that's what people want. That's what they want. That's when I say some adults in the room, Let's tone it down, and let's start talking about what the future looks like because people are, are concerned. They're very worried, and, and you hear it on your show every day. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. So um, I guess the last one for me is the, the, the constant push and pull within conservative politics in this country. And this isn't, this isn't uh, unique to the, the federal conservatives. We see it happen over and over again provincial, provincially with the conservative parties, uh, the various different parties that we've had. How detrimental is that? Did you look at that? How important is it to be able to put that infighting um, behind you, or at least keep it behind closed doors, deal with that push and pull within the party itself? How detrimental is it? Well, firstly, I think diversity of opinion is important. And I think that anytime you're trying to make policy or decisions, that it's good to have groups that are able to have those discussions in an open environment. But that said then once you've come up with something, this internal infighting that you would see serves nobody excepting the opposing parties. Right. And, and that, that is not healthy for a party. That's not healthy for a movement. You know, frankly, uh, my background is business, as you know, Shay, and that's not healthy for business. So I use the example, if your team has decided that you're going to build a certain structure downtown and here's the pricing and blah, 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 and someone on the team says, well, I completely disagree with the decision. But once you walk out the door, you're selling whatever you're selling. That's right. And then that one person comes out and says, I didn't agree with this decision. It's a horrible decision. I'd never buy a condo in that development because they're too expensive. Yeah. Well, how does that work? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I mean... So, it, it, so that, I, that's the hard reality is that, you know, you 
at some point you've got to be united in your messaging and and quite frankly that's what canadians want to hear too yeah i, I yeah it makes perfect sense uh, james like uh, thanks so much for your time this morning i appreciate it my pleasure good to chat with you again yeah you too that is james cumming